Hello there, it's Chappie. I'm your British butler, and it's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And today's episode is 116. I hope you're having a marvellous Saturday. I am. I'm just easing into it slowly today. Now, after weeks of it, it seems like weeks, months, millennia of moving, it's nice just to be able to uh, sort of lay back and think of England, also to speak, just lay back, maybe watch a little bit of soccer, maybe some golf, maybe the end of a tremendous uh, cricket test match that's lasted for the last four days and could have gone one extra day. See, there are games that do go five days. I know, the American listeners out there saying, oh my God, five days? I mean, yeah, five days. And it can end up as a draw. Ladies and gentlemen, it can end up as a draw at the end of those five days. I think that would frustrate uh, many people out there, especially the uh, the Yank listener. We should have a few. There's a few. There's a few American listeners out there, I think. But I have taught the rules of cricket to a Japanese fellow, and he now loves the game. Absolutely loves it. I mean, if I can teach cricket to a Japanese chap then I'm sure I can to uh, to an American. So, easing behind the desk again, speaking into numerous goose-down-filled pillows, and hoping that your Saturday and your weekend is evolving rather nicely as we uh, hit the end of August here. Can you believe it? It's eight months into the year. And we're soon going to be hitting September. We're soon going to be uh, mists and mellow fruitfulness of August as harvest has been and gone. And we come to the, as I said on the uh, on the program the other day, it's the pumpkin spice season, the PSL season. We talked about PSL, the terrorist on our taste buds uh, the other day on the uh, on the podcast. Amongst amongst other things, so I mean, if you want to listen back, and you're and you're very welcome to listen to the back catalogue. I mean, it's absolutely wondrous if, if you if you do listen back to the back catalogue. But we talked about the delicious, sparkling, crisp apple ice drink that you can have. That's basically the beverage that a god would choose to drink. We uh, we did talk about. Uh, the new pumpkin spice latte um, equivalent, which is the uh, apple crisp that Starbucks is doing. It's like a caramelly macchiata type of apple crisp that I would put up against the pumpkin spice latte any day. And do you have any high hounds? We talked about CBD for distressed dogs that have separation anxiety. So I did say, I did say in the podcast that I would, uh, I would ingest a CBD dog chew. Now I would, I, and, I, and I will hold myself to this. I will in the next couple of weeks. But I do have a slight jippy tummy today. And there's nothing worse than a podcast host who has trots. And I, I certainly don't want to do that. I'm in very close proximity to the facilities, but... Uh, you know, you don't want to keep stopping and starting this podcast. It'll be incredibly disjointed at that rate. 
So there are many uh, articles at the moment about uh, polyamory. So polyamory, yes. It's, it's apparently the new norm. It's a new trend. Everybody's doing it. Quite literally, everybody's doing it. And even the uh, soap opera Neighbours is introducing polyamory, trying to normalize polyamory. But if you list, like to listen to this podcast... Uh, the musical edition, the Butler Emporium, a musical edition of the podcast. We're kicking off today with a perfect song, Ain't No Love, Ain't No Use, featuring Sub Sub. It's literally called Sub Sub. The perfect polyamory song and band is Sub Sub. Maybe two subs, they're better than one. So coming on the podcast today, I think I found my new favorite uh, activity uh, that doesn't involve sport. Um, well, it, I guess it is sort of sporting. Just sitting on my couch watching the Roomba, the robotic vacuum cleaner, go about its uh, fine duty. And you say, I must be the, like, the worst butler in the world. I don't even vacuum anymore. Well, you know, the Roomba does... Roomba's a sort of 80% sort of guy as well. It does about 80%. But if you want a deep, clean... You need to get the old-fashioned. You need to get the push and pull of the old uh, fashioned vacuum cleaner going. Uh, you, need to, you need to fire that baby up because uh, the Roomba does a pretty good job, you know, through the week, picking up little bits of hair, excess hair, and everything else. But, you know, sometimes the butler does have to do uh, the deep clean. And, you know, thinking about the Roomba, I thought about other things as well. And we'll be talking about maybe the Moomba. The Moomba. Um, just another, you know, a little bit of a, an idea on the back of the Roomba. Um, also, uh, we, we, we did discuss calming down irate dogs the other day. I did talk about putting soap suds in my hair instead of matte clay. But we never talked about Cedric, the ponytailed repairman. We never talked about the talkative nosy doorman. Uh, big stern men on skateboards. Uh, the Talking Tea Cozy, you did see that. If you like the Talking Tea Cozy, uh, you can see that on Instagram. There was a little clip of me uh, almost playing the... Uh, I was like the best supporting actor beneath the Talking Tea Cozy. The Zen Mover. We never talked about the Zen Mover. Big Men Goose Stepping. The Task Rabbit app, which is a, a, a newfound wonder on the internet amongst apps if you have an appetite for apps then the task rapid app could be the one for you and also the barber that didn't talk <laughs> so there are also three foods that could be causing the bout of brain fog that you could be suffering at the moment the influencer Salviegi Lucerelli stirs up trouble after dishing dirt on backward Sicily we never talked about the Gujarati villagers shed tears for the demise of their favorite crocodile, the return of the cargo pants. We did have, uh, I did mention briefly my fatty liver clinical survey. It, apparently the uh, social dilemma AILs are now determining that I should be taking a fatty liver clinical survey. Uh, no cost, sturdy medication, no cost appointments potential financial compensation if you've got a fatty liver that's enough worry as it is but you could be being paid for your worry tequila celebs creating an eco headache by all accounts the iron duke art heist was peculiarly british cannabis pizzas 
as 10,000 rave away. Goop the crews, we can laugh, but it's full steam ahead for Captain Gwyneth Paltrow. Prince Philip told the royal biographer he didn't want to live to 100. It's a ghastly project, a ghastly prospect, I tell you. The ferocious cookie-cutter shark mostly eats little critters, studies found. And a woman is banned from a Belgian zoo because of her relationship with a chimp. Trump or trompone will be coming back in more eccentric little English towns today. So you better fasten your seatbelt. I mean, you don't want a tight seatbelt for this particular podcast. Sort of loose-fitting, just around the hips. Certainly not tight around the stomach, because you have to ingest a lot of nonsense, a lot of carbs, a lot of innuendo, and a sort of whimsical, creamy, sweet affair with a few sprinkles on top. Welcome along. So we have three foods that could be causing you the bout of brain fog and what you can recommend eating instead. We all know the feeling, 3 p.m. or 3 a.m. The edges have been blurred, nothing is really registering and it would be a challenge to sell somebody your name, much less answer the question your boss has just levied at you. It's not a hangover, you're not under the weather or dealing with low blood sugar, you actually got eight hours sleep, so what gives? Chances are you're dealing with a minor bout of brain fog. That's how I feel today. The sort of uh, the mists are beginning to part as I go through the podcast here. But, you know, there's still a light sort of see drifting around the microphone here as I uh, deliver the podcast. Brain fog is a term used to describe a feeling not being able to think as sharply or clearly as you used to. Sometimes people say they're feeling fuzzy or cloudy. It can be associated with premenopause and menopause well that's definitely what's going on with me uh, it's not a medical condition there may be many factors such as lack of sleep too much sleep depression certain medications or illness dehydration or diet i think i'm a little bit dehydrated today too much caffeine not enough aqua uh, but number one the number one food that uh, contributes to brain fog is heavily processed foods including processed meat and sugary beverages in general heavily processed foods that are high in refined grains added sugar sodium are high culprits and likely culprits of brain fog processed meats and artificial sweetness may also be linked to brain fog these categories can indeed be applied with a sweet late afternoon latte you're hoping for to give you a mental boost but there's too much sugar in there sometimes people don't even realize how foggy they feel until they start feeling sharper by making some lifestyle adjustments i encourage afternoon snacks that provide sustained energy rather than heavily processed sugary ones um, you know, maybe a, a few slices of turkey, but then you get the whole tryptophan going on and you feel very, very sleepy. Then alcohol. Well, alcohol fogs everything. Yes, sometimes the culprit of your foggy feeling is indeed none other than alcohol. You mean drinking at that at work when you're talking to your boss? What? It is a good idea to stay within the alcohol limits. No more than one drink a day for women, no more two drinks a day for men. While occasionally celebrating is only natural, excessive consumption of alcohol is dangerous. If you're in search of a beverage that will give your brain health a boost, try herbal tea or herbal tea made through cacao, rosemary and other nootropics. According to herbalist Rachel Robinet, nootropics are a great way to get a boost of energy and clarity since these herbs do not have caffeine. And then if you have a lack of fruits and vegetables, I mean, try going to work and chewing a parsnip during the middle of the day. 
and you do the Bugs Bunny thing, but you, you pull out a big old parsnip and start nibbling that in front of your boss. Boss, If you're looking to cut processed foods, an easy way to do so is opt towards fruits and vegetables in their purest form. Fill half your plate with vegetables or fruits or a mix of the two. If you're not anywhere close to eating this way, don't worry. Work your way up, starting with one meal, one snack. Numerous studies say that eating pattern can sharpen thinking. And uh, many people agree. Two great brain-boosting snacks are veggies and a protein-packed dip like hummus or fruit. So start dipping your hummus, stop dipping your parsnip into the hummus in the middle of the day. But for God's sake, don't start eating beets. You'll be spilling beets all over your shirt and all sorts of stains and umska. You'd have to bring it like a little stain devil with you, just in case you have a dripping beet. So lads, chaps, if you're thinking about being sweet to your girlfriend this weekend, not in a sort of ingratiating way, but just sweet loving, genuine, then these are the cute things to call your girlfriend. Number one, sugar. Number two, honey. Number three, flour. Number four, egg. Number five, half a pound of butter. Six, stir. Seven, pour into the pan. Eight, preheat to 335 degrees Celsius. There are lots of interesting chaps and chapesses around new downsized chappy towers. One of them, though, is rather fascinating. Name is Cedric, or Cedric, I mean, I call him Cedric, and uh, he's a repairman. I always see him at the crack of dawn, just as I walk the hounds, and they do their morning sort of absolutions. Um, and uh, he's got a, a sort of, well, the, the man bun that's been lowered down, basically. It's been winched down. It's a graying, slightly yellowing on the ends, as you get with old men who maybe smoke too much and also have man buns or man ponytails or probably men that should know better who are too old and really shouldn't be having that hairstyle at all. Um, but uh, basically, I, I've observed this guy over the last week and um, he's full of busy work. He's basically busy doing nothing. There's a little sort of uh, obsessive compulsive about him as well. Like he's avoiding certain tiles around the pool. He's constantly checking different pipes. He's opening and closing his toolbox, making sure the tools are in place. Uh, I see him probably sop five coffee breaks an hour. You know, but I've gone back in, come out again, as I uh, go over to the butler school, and um, I see him. Uh, yeah, I just see him checking his tools, and he's, I think, probably on his uh, fifth cup of coffee during that particular day. And the other morning, I saw him dipping his ponytail into the water. Now, I don't know if this is because he didn't shower uh, before he came in to do his work, or if he just likes the feeling of a dripping ponytail down his back. Now, I am a little bit concerned, though, with Cedric, uh, that the chlorine... I, I mean, who knows? It could take the yellowing of the ponytail out, or it could turn his ponytail purple. Uh, I mean, who knows what sort of uh, additives, preservatives, and poisons they put into the swimming pool. But I don't think it's a good idea to be dipping one's ponytail into the, uh, into the pool in that way. And influencer Salvaggia Lucarelli stirs up trouble after dishing dirt on backward Sicily. The nightmare holiday of a social media influencer 
is rubbish-strewn Sicilian town has turned into a PR disaster for the local mayor. Salvaggia Lucarelli, a journalist with 1.1 million followers on Instagram, was one of the guests of honor at Noto Giacinti's festival dedicated to LGBT culture. Her visit was supposed to give luster to the town, famous for its honey-colored Baroque architecture. The uh, favorable publicity failed to materialize after Lucarelli decided to stay near Nonto in a rented villa with her partner, the chef Lorenzo Bigarelli. I think if I ever became an Italian chef, I would want to be called Bigarelli. Life in the luxury property during Sicily's record heat wave uh, turned out to be anything but pleasant, and Lucarelli felt compared to share the experience of her followers. Thanks to repeated power cuts, the villa lost light, air conditioning and water, while the primitive wiring meant that even when there was no power, the fuse blew whenever Lucarelli switched on the cooker. I'd have terrible trouble blow-drying my hair there. It contributed to Fato Quindonio, a newspaper and a regular on the TV talk shows. Lucarelli herself found taking refuge in the car, trying to cool down and recharge her telephone. I'm very sorry to say this, but I will remember this trip to Nanta as the worst of my life. I appreciated the dazzling beauty of so many places, but I can't pretend the rest doesn't exist. I'm completely at the mercy of the landlord of the place. I've rented at the exorbitant price in a crazy situation. There's no generator, not even an emergency light in the kitchen. Pitch black, zero water, atomic heat. Her ordeal exposed many to see the backwardness of Sicily. Beautiful facades concealing primitive services, exploitation of visitors and incompetence. Lucarelli also discovered that her villa was not equipped with rubbish bins and the owner didn't seem to have signed up the town far from efficient refuse collection service. She published photographs of a rubbish collection station where the bags were piled high. A video film from her car showed half-burnt rubbish lining the roadside for hundreds of meters. In the address, uh, to uh, Corrado Bonfanti, the mayor of Noto, Lucarelli said many Sicilians had been writing to her because they were tired of the misleading account of the town centre that uh, ignored the abandoned fridges and baby nappies lining the access roads. A bit of powder and lipstick were not enough to trick the tourists. Bonfanti struggled to respond to the deluge of negativity that he and the townsfolk deserve greater respect i write to you on behalf of many young people who managed to find work in the place of their childhood without having to emigrate i write to you on behalf of the community that considered itself just like you dear signora lucarelli offended and betrayed lucarelli was unrepentant in short i say the emperor is nude and he has dirty nappies on his head look at my photos and judge whether it's me who offends the town or the town the tourists and locals who are offended by this horror I think a double nut, cornetto, lots of nuts, and then the cone filled completely with chocolate would solve all of the ills. Have you ever been in the situation where you just had somebody in your daily life, your daily routine, that's just a little bit too inquisitive? So, you know, I'm a fairly generous, sort of friendly old chap, and... Um, well, you know, going into my butler duties day by day, as I've been doing this last few weeks, and uh, I go in and, and there's the, uh, the doorman there, sitting at his desk behind the elevator, striking up conversation. Now, first of all, it's morning, and then, uh, you know, I have my, my, my earpieces in, listening to some uh, smooth jazz or maybe gentle opera, and... Uh, asking me sort of questions first thing in the morning 
and I had to pull out the earpiece and then I then I had to ask him to repeat it and then now I've pulled out the earpieces he thinks he wants to uh, engage and thinks I want to engage in a conversation with him so there we go so build up this sort of pseudo relationship but the worst of all though is if one happens to leave early you know lunchtime just after lunch he sort of always asks oh so you're gone for the day and it's always quizzical so so, so are you going for the day gone for the day and, and and what do you say i mean is he is he keeping track of me is he uh is it almost like a a little hidden bug in my life tracking every move i'm making but now i've built this sort of pseudo relationship up with this chap I feel like, you know, I'm just going home to feed the dogs or take the dogs out. You know, and then when I don't return, you know, when I'm working from home, doing my, uh, doing my ironing, pressing and polishing the brass from home, the next day I see him. Oh, I didn't see you again yesterday. What happened? Well, where did you go? And then I feel obliged to answer. So, much to my chagrin, the talkative, nosy, over-inquisitive doorman is the bane of my life that's why the earpieces that are noise cancelling are so wonderful because then you can pretend you're not even hearing you put your hand up thanks very much have a good day but if you take them out be warned you're going into the lion's den so we have Gujarati villagers shed tears for the demise of their favourite crocodile some tigers and lions get a proper funerals in India, but the death of a crocodile has barely merited a mention until this week. The death of one croc in Valdara, Gujarat, prompted an outpouring of grief among locals. A Hindu priest recited the Sanskrit prayers as mourners sat cross-legged with heads bowed on the riverbanks in front of a large, galanded photograph of the crocodile. He had become a member of the family, says Vishal Thakur, a wildlife activist told local media his sudden death pained us so we decided to pay a tribute the town which is surrounded by rivers and waterways has 270 crocodiles and the spotting of one just crossing the Vishvati river or even while shopping is routine every year several women who do their washing at the river end up missing a limb or dead during the monsoon crocodiles are found in people's living rooms Nidhi Dev of the Varadara Forest Department said that there's been 24 interventions this year, including 16-foot-long crocodiles stuck in narrow lanes. It's crocodile congestion, I tell you. He needs a team of 8 to 10 men to throw a cloth over the crocodile's head so he can't see it, sit on him, tie his legs, and tape his mouth. Now, I think whoever had to do that probably drew the short straw. In some parts of the country, crocodiles are revered, Various ancient Indian forts had massive moats teeming with crocodiles to deter invaders. Uh, forest rangers often cremate dead tigers, saying prayers and scattering rose petals. For the croc lovers of Vadora, it's time for the giant reptiles to be accorded the same respect. I think if I had a choice between a moat full of crocs, angry crocs, or sharks with freaking laser beams i think i'm still gonna go with the sharks with freaking laser beams than the moat full of rather angry cantankerous crocs so i think i need to start a feature here on the podcast big men 
doing weird things, dot, dot, dot. So twice this week, I've seen rather large men. And, I, you know, I'm no, I'm no svelte type of uh, Kate Moss supermodel. You know, I'm no beanpole. So the first was earlier in the week. You know, you see some weird people doing their exercises. You know, you see downward dogs and flying eagle yoga poses uh, all around. You know, the ultimate yoga pose that you see people on top of mountains after they've done 14ers. But seeing a rather large man, you know, in lycra that is a little bit too tight for him, uh, goose-stepping, literally goose-stepping down the road. I mean, it was a cross between a goose-step and uh, Monty Python's silly walks. I mean, it was an odd, odd situation. I mean, it was like seeing, uh, sort of seeing Herman Goring uh, doing his morning exercise. That's 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 what I thought. That's what crossed my mind. And it was uh, it, it's not a good start to the day. Everything's wobbling. Nothing wobbles in the right place. So the goose-stepping, large lycra man. So there we go. Big men doing weird things, dot, dot, dot. Goose-stepping first thing in the morning. And then secondly, I saw a rather large, stern-looking man on a skateboard that probably didn't have the enhanced suspension for his hefty bulk. And he kept stopping to check the wheels, to check the suspension every uh, every probably 30 seconds or so. And then it, off he went on his way. And, you know, and if he was going downhill, he was going at quite a rate. And I was worried that I'd have a uh, crushed concertina corgi on my hands if I did get out of the way. And the look, you know, the stern look was cutting through the cumulo nimbus, cutting through the clouds that were forming around the mountains. It was a stare and a half, a death stare and a half. And he was careering on his skateboard towards me and the dogs. I had to get out of the way because, you know, once you get that bulk moving, nothing's going to stop it. Gravity is not going to stop that rather large fellow cascading, sprinting towards me on his skateboard. And at any moment, the suspension or the ball bearings could pop out and uh, he would come crashing down upon me. So now that I've found my egg cups, I can go back to having my lovely soft-boiled runny yolk egg in the morning. But the formula for the perfect egg and soldiers, scientists say, is 4 minutes, 15 seconds. It's the ideal amount of time for you to boil your egg. While white bread should be toasted for precisely 2 minutes, 55 seconds. Scientists working out the best times to toasting the bread and boiling the egg. For the egg, you should put it in a pan for a total of 4 minutes and 15 seconds. For the bread, it should be toasted for exactly 2 minutes, 55 Egg and soldiers is a fairly basic meal, but for the ultimate dish, you need a measuring tape, a thermometer, and the ability to solve an equation. I mean, I'm going to have hard-boiled egg at this rate. If I have to solve an equation, that egg is going to be like rock-hard cement. Dr. James Hind, a statistician from Nottingham University, came out with what he claims is the formula for the ultimate egg and soldiers. His research suggests that the egg should be cooked for 4 minutes and 15 seconds and then plunged into cold water for exactly 57 seconds before the small end is cut off and salted. Gosh, it brings tears to my eyes. I don't want my small end cut off and salted. Meanwhile, the bread, which should be white, 
should be toasted for two minutes, 55 seconds, and then cut into 0.inch uh, wide soldiers and then buttered. So the statistician, Sir James Hind, basically uh, put together this formula, E equals egg, W equals white bread, T equals toasted, and S equals salt. So he did E, open brackets, 4.25B plus 0.95C, close brackets, plus W equals 2.95T, uh, divided by 2.1 centimeters plus five. That is the equation. That is the equation uh, before, you know, when you're putting together your delicious egg, soft-boiled egg and toast. In research commissioned by the British Lion Eggs, Dr. Hind developed the formula on what 1500 server response said they most commonly did when created their perfect egg and soldiers. He then experimented around these times to get the exact timings. We cooked the eggs for a little more than four minutes. Half of us will dunk it in cold water for another half a minute. Most of us then crack open the smaller eggs and add a little salt to the egg. We use our bread for the soldiers, which the toast is almost three minutes and cut, a little over two centimeters wide. Hopefully my formula will allow people up and down the country to perfectly enjoy the ultimate comfort food. It isn't just Dr. Hind who takes scientific approach to making breakfast. The survey found 85% of the British people uh, believe that the perfect egg and salt is an exact science. He revealed that 62% of people insist crust should be cut off the toast before it's buttered and used unsalted butter over salted. And the majority of Brits claim that the egg should be, uh, uh, be cracked open at the small end before the dipping commences. They also asked people how the egg should be opened with 37% using a spoon and 32% opting to slice the top with a knife. My great great uncle I think it was, he was a colonel in the British Army, George. He would time his egg, soldiers and toast perfectly. And it would be military precision. So he was, he was performing the scientific research uh, that the good doctor was doing years and years before. And his yoke was always runny, his toast always firm. Uh, je voudrais un trump au tombon. So, a mum who was happy to find two ladybugs in her home was shocked to find out what the insects actually were after she posted a picture of them online. A Reddit user who claimed to have an affinity with a colourful insect posted on a popular forum site, sharing her happiness that the bugs were at home. She wrote, I've always felt drawn to ladybugs. I don't know. What it is, I just feel connected to them. This morning on my bed, I found a mama and a baby ladybug on my bed. And I feel like today is my day that something beautiful is going to happen. Do you all have any good luck signs? Share your stories. Uh, then the mum didn't get any responses. She was expecting. Instead, people flocked to let the woman know that the insects were not ladybugs, but indeed bedbugs. Her house was literally bugged. And a woman living in a 400-year-old house has desperately pleaded with people to stop using her property as a pee stop. Jill Dennis, who lives in the 17th-century property in Wolsey, Merseyside, says she's been plagued by people urinating on her house on a regular basis. Opportunists see this as a natural shelter is created by a part of a perimeter wall being set back from the street, creating an area partially shielded from view. This means that Jill has walked out of her front door to be greeted by people doing their business on her property it's horrendous just vile it's been ongoing since i moved here and excuses always i'm desperate uh, well go to a field then there's one at the end of the road i mean the entrepreneur of jill she could charge to use the facilities 
spend a penny to spend a penny. And Corsican beaches were closed after cows roamed the sands and gored visitors. The French island's 15k strong cow population has been increasingly problematic. Gory unlucky beachgoers who get in their way. One man was sent to hospital after fighting with a herd for his favourite spot on the beach. I mean, you could maybe you could like roll up a towel and lay the towel over the cow's back. That could be a way of reserving your spot. The man was jabbed in the neck by one of the cow's sharp horns. Last week, a herd of unruly cows chased tourists down a popular thoroughfare in one of the island's most visited towns. And in the mountain town Losey, a 17-year-old woman was attacked while she hung out her washing. As the tourist approaches, they have resting beach face. Moosive! And sea snakes that bite divers are just mistaking them for potential sexual partners, as studies revealed. Experts from the uh, Macquarie University in Australia concluded that the creatures charging at, biting and coiling around divers, which is commonly reported, may represent misdirected courtship behaviours rather than an actual attack. Sea snakes are considered to be highly venomous, uh, often more than snakes on the land, but bites to the humans that see any toxin injected are rare. For example, the death of an Australian fisherman in 2018 was reported the first sea snake fatality recorded since the creatures killed a pearl diver. In the rare event the venom is delivered, the bite itself usually is painless, but symptoms can lead to muscular pain, weakness, vomiting, even paralysis. Scuba divers on tropical coral reefs often report unprovoked attacks. Snakes swim directly towards the divers, sometimes wrapping, coiling around the diver's limbs and then biting. Do I make you Randy Rattler? Yeah, baby, yeah! And a bitter argument is broken out in an office after one worker became frustrated about how their colleagues make cups of tea and left a passive-aggressive note in protest. Shots have been fired in a typically British argument which erupted over the refilling of a communal kettle as one person believes it should be refilled after each use. The note includes an image of Rex the Dinosaur from Toy Story saying that he had short arms so he couldn't refill the kettle. What's your excuse? Then a second worker left a follow-up message saying the kettle should be boiled with fresh water every brew, adding that the author of the original letter was clearly a dinosaur. Another comedic reply says, hasn't the T-Rex heard of conserving energy only by boiling enough water that's required? Uh, another reply said, also a decent cup of tea requires freshly boiled water, not multiple boiled water. No wonder he's a dinosaur. Never heard of people asking for a kettle to be left filled. Surely it takes two seconds to fill up the correct amount you need rather than boiling a kettle that's full for the brim for one cup. Tea for two. Rah, 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 rah. So I had a wondrous experience the other day, one of the most zen-like experiences of my entire life. So the situation is this, I had a chair that had to be moved from my house to my dear love's house. And I mean, I couldn't do it on my own, you know, muscles, Popeye spinach bound muscles or anything like that. But uh, you know, maybe I could have done it, but so, Went on TaskRabbit, though I didn't. You know, I'm more of a telephone, uh, look up in the uh, white pages type of guy. But uh, TaskRabbit was used, and uh, 
We'll talk about Task Rabbit next week. We'll put that into the show next week. But anyway, Task Rabbit was used, and a, uh, a dashing young chap, almost like a young Wim Hof, rippled, slightly bearded, very zen-like and hippie, uh, came and appeared. You know, appeared to, to help. And I was going to give the uh, give the young fella a hand with my uh, my aging muscles here. So, you know, normally I have I have a lot of trouble with spatial awareness. And if somebody asks me to turn left, I turn right. If asked me to go, you know, do a U-turn around the corner, I do the opposite way. Basically, any instruction that's given to me, I I, I cannot compute it in my head. Is almost like uh, it's being given in English, but then my brain's translating it into Mandarin. And therefore, I'm paralyzed and cannot basically do anything. You know, spatial awareness uh, may be uh, not being the most practical of chaps. But anyway, so Chris, the yogi slash mover, appeared and was ready to, to help me. And you know, I was a little bit worried because there's a lot of twisting and turning to get a large chair for a narrow door but the way he explained it you'd, you'd tip it up here uh, lean it to the left and then to the right and for once for once in my life it all made complete sense it was like following the yellow brick road to the end of the rainbow when before everything was barricaded and the road was in disrepair that's how it felt to me and chris the zen-like yogi move master showed me the light at the end of the rainbow. There were no leprechauns and certainly no pot of gold. But uh, in his own way, I felt that I could be like a Zen-like mover in another life. And he cut through the cloud, the fog, that is my impractical, spatially aware brain. And it made complete sense for once and spotted in a car at the McDonald's drive-thru in Wisconsin, a cow, all of it. Jessica Nelson of Monasay uh, pulled into the drive-thru at McDonald's in Marshfield on Thursday and uh, said she looked up to see a cow in the backseat of a Buick sedan, three cars ahead of her. I thought it was fake at first. Who puts a cow in a Buick? Uh, but then the whole head moved. She quickly picked up her phone and shot the video of the bovine. I just took the video because I was blown away that there's a cow in the back of a Buick, she said. She posted the video on her Facebook. It's a whole freaking cow. Tell me you live in Wisconsin without telling me you live in Wisconsin. She also pasted a message of the video itself that read, a whole cow in the back of the car. Nelson said that the family of the cow, uh, cow owner saw the post and contacted her. They said that the cow was actually a calf. She said that the owner just purchased it along with two other cars, which were in the back seat as well, but were lying down out of sight, but they'd just been to an auction. I mean, how perturbed would a cow be going to McDonald's? I mean, you don't want a double Big Mac and fries or a cheeseburger. I mean, a cow think, oh, oh, uh, can I get a, can I get the Beyond Burger, please? Uh, and um, uh, yeah, I'll have the McFlurry. Uh, do, you, do you want any? Uh, do you want a burger with that? No, 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 no. I'll have the uh, uh, veggie first uh, uh, as well. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe an extra McFlurry as well. And, uh, and, and, and a rather large brandy. So it also made me think that, uh, you know, everybody's got these Roombas recently. And, uh, you know, there's a Roomba that goes around my, uh, my little place now, small, downsized Chappy Towns. And um, we'll talk about that another day. But I, I was thinking that, 
you know, whilst making the robotic vacuum cleaner, why don't they give me a robot that can give me artificially intelligent pasteurized milk and call it the Moomba? It's been lovely having you here for these last two podcasts, yesterday's and today's. And uh, I will be back again next week. But like and subscribe. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. At cheese on Twitter. And uh, you can always join me or follow me or whatever you want to do. You can always comment or leave little messages on Anchor. Little voice messages as well that we can play out on the show. That would be rather lovely. But certainly like and subscribe on all the platforms. From uh, Apple Podcasts to Amazon Music to Audible to iHeartRadio to Pandora. And then, of course, Spotify, where you can listen to a rather musically-induced edition of the show. And this week, we had a little bit of Melian Williams and Sub Sub at the top of the show. Uh, we had some Michelle Gale. We had some Smiths. We had some Mika. We had some 1975, Angie Stone. A new artist who's absolutely fantastic. Holly Humberstone, Notorious B.I.G., Curtis Mayfield, The Beatles. Uh, we had some Soul Bossa Nova. Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, it was packed to the musical rafters. But but uh, I did actually, as I as I removed the pillowcase from my rather soft uh, unicorn pillow the other day, as the uh, as the linen uh, brushed against the pillow, I did hear the dulcet tones of "Keep Calm and Call Over the So you can absolutely hear it anywhere, from a shell on the beach to uh, to maybe. Dragonflies rubbing their wings together, it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic, and that's the butterfly effect of the uh, of this podcast. We're going slightly backwards. Yesterday we had an early autumnal poem. Today we have a late summer poem for you to enjoy. This is late summer by James Bransfield. Now cosmos in bloom and snow in summer, opening along the garden's stone borders, a moment toward a little good fortune. Water from the watering can, to blossom, so natural it seems, and still, the oldest blooms outside my door are flourishing. According to their seed time, they haven't lived as in trust, of tended ground, not of many seasons, as the lingering bud in late summer, when leaves have reached their greenest, when a chill enters the nights, when a star I've turned to night after night, vanished in the shift of constellations, and when on a bare branch, even in August, a sprig starts, sprig to stem, as if to say, see, there's kinship with the perennials. You think so hardy, voice the moment among the oaks, toast the spring in summer, as once in each May a shot of vodka is poured onto bare dirt, among greystones to quench the dead, among the first stars of this new evening. Thank you again for listening to the podcast this week. I will see you again next week. Until then, cheerio.